Hi, it's Eliana, and today I am going to discuss UFOs. I've had UFOs following me since about 2015 when I started to figure out my memories of of my past lifetimes as extraterrestrials and my various space journeys and what had happened to me on the moon and Mars. So for me, being followed by UFOs has been a regular thing. I've been photographing them. I've been cataloging images, dates, times, and I've also been checking infrared to see if any of these crafts have see have for a fact heat signatures or not. And what I've discovered through this project, I've been doing this project for the last four months. I've been cataloging all the footage that I photographed since starting from 2016 until 2019. I was photographing them. And this one, this set of pictures in particular, to me is very interesting. This was on, this is from 2018, and it's near Crescent Beach, Ocean Park, neighborhood in South Surrey, British Columbia, Canada. This was at 12 midnight when this white yellow cylindrical craft appeared, semicircular cylindrical object appeared in the sky hanging above the house. And again, it was 1231 am. So that was very, it's still the sky was clear. There wasn't any stars at night. There wasn't any moon out. It was clear sky and I see this dot appear in the sky and it was moving around yellow whitish dot and as I kept looking at it, it kept expanding. I'm like, that's not a star because it's moving. That's not a satellite because a satellite moves in a row. This was moving around in many different directions and it was hanging about until 2.51 a.m. So from 12.31 a.m. until 2.51 a.m. on the same night. It was hanging around wasn't leaving and so I'm going to zoom in a little closer so you can see what it looks like and that's it in the middle that's this thing in the middle and that's the enhanced version of it and it was for the main part just hovering about the house and I'm near the ocean in the woods so it was there for a couple of hours, but it did something interesting. That's not the only thing it did, just hovering there. It was yellow-white when it appeared in the sky, but I could feel it monitoring me 
and I could feel it watching me. And this is what it looks like in thermal red. Thermal signature, it has a heat signature. This is its heat signature. This is the object above the house. That's what it is. And when you enhance it, it has a heat signature. It's the same object. It's just different viewpoints of it. This is as close as I could get in um, figuring out its heat signature. Obviously, it has a very, it has some kind of a propulsion system because you have that orange, yellow metal part in it and that's its propulsion and it's surrounded by some kind of energetic field green blue field and it's there in the sky you can see that it's there in the sky when you put something through thermal imaging you can see what's actually there in the sky you can see its shape better and you can see it's sort of circle circular roundish cylindrical some kind of a craft some kind of an object and you can clearly see the outline of the house, the roof line. You can see somebody else's lights are on in the background. And this is in the sky. This is above the tree line. So this is where the object is. And it was not a plane. It was not a helicopter. It was not making any noise at all. It was quiet. And there wasn't any stars around on that night. It was a clear night without any stars. There were a few clouds and you can see the clouds. This is the clouds around this object. There were a few clouds. You can clearly see that. There, there's a few clouds. This is at night. But there was a bit of a cloud here, around here, a few clouds, but not a lot. And you can better see the clouds here under thermal imaging and these are these are trees here and these are a bit of cloud cover um, but the object was in the middle so it wasn't covered by the clouds but there was a few clouds at night and you would see them as white wisps and then what this object did next after almost an hour and a half hovering like that it had it it emitted some kind of a flash above the roof line of the house and this is the flash being emitted you see the cloud cover that's the clouds a little bit here you can see the wisps of the clouds but it emitted some kind of a beam right into my bedroom and it almost blinded me and it came this beam came from this object from that very same object. It flew closer to the bedroom and it sent that beam above the roof line of the house. That's what it did, because that's the roof line and went whoop, right into the bedroom. And that's what it beamed right into my bedroom. Um, and I felt disoriented when this happened. I was not sure why it was beaming this light at me and I always but I I was cataloging it and I was just making sure to 
be taking pictures of it while it was there hovering above my house. But I was not taking pictures when this happened, yet I had my cell phone in my hands and I accidentally photographed this beam of this beam, whatever it was beaming through the window, this object, this craft, this got photographed by accident. I was not planning to do a photo of this. I was not expecting this. UFOs just usually hover above my house or they follow me around at night when I used to take walks at night in the forest. At 12, 1, 1 a.m., 12 a.m., 1 a.m., that's when these objects are around. I don't usually see a lot of UFOs during the day. I usually see UFOs from 12 until 3 a.m. Usually, that's, and that's when I was abducted during those hours off planet to Mars and the moon. So this thing, that was not normal. And it, again, it almost blinded me. And I had a headache for four hours after this happened. And that's the thermal imaging infrared. Again, it has a heat signature. So whatever beam that UFO flashed at me, it has a heat signature. Anything that is alive and that has a living component to it will have heat signatures. Anything that's a real object that's emitting energy, it will have that kind of a heat signature. Orange, yellow, that means there's some kind of an energetic field, that there's a heat signature. So that's the orange, yellow. The greenish blue and the darker blue, again, that's also the heat signature, but this is the focal point above the roof line and you can see the wisps of clouds just like you can in this one. You can see the clouds better. And that's the roof line. And that's basically this house. There it is. That's the house. And the thermal heat signature. So it's, it's emitting energy. All living beings and physical objects that are there are emitting some kind of a heat signature. Orange, yellow, that, that's more like some kind of a energetic beam system. Green, green, like green and yellow, that's living beings more so. But that is some kind of a strong heat signature. And none of the lights were on at the house, none of the external lights or sensors. Some people turn their lights on at night, um, just in case to see better or they feel better with lights on. We never turn our lights on outside. We like to conserve energy and not waste electricity. So our lights are always off outside and inside the house. It's always dark at night. We don't have any lights on or sensors, external sensors that come on. They're not timed. We don't turn them on. So this, this pitch, black except for the outside lights you know the neighborhood lights on the poles the pole lights those were on but 
This house is not anywhere near poles, so this is on the roof line of the house. Because this is the object here, that's the roof line, and it's bump right there in the back. The bedroom is in the back of the house, in the backyard, so it's like bump. And that's the situation here, into the backyard, where this beam came in through the room and through the bathroom. It lit up the room when whatever the steam was flashed into the bedroom. And that's its heat signature and you can see the beam going from here to all the way here. It's leaving a shadow. And afterwards, that object that was whitish yellow, it elongates even more and becomes somewhat glowing. I think it was powering up even more and became sort of reddish pink and again it's cylindrical and it's shooting off it's leaving and you can see the cloud cover you can see that better and the here's the house and the roof so it's leaving it's on its way out after it did that beam after it beamed me in the bedroom and sort of blind me, blinded me a bit temporarily. There it goes, shooting off. It's leaving, uh, but it's a different color now. And again, I didn't think I'd photographed this. I just found this two days ago on my cell phone. And I have a Samsung Galaxy S8 Plus. I have a very old cell phone. It's a smartphone, but it's very old. I don't have the latest model of cell phones because honestly I really like how my cell phone works and I only get, I only upgrade something when it's almost not working at all. So this is from a Samsung Galaxy 8 Plus. The cell phone is almost five years old. This, these pictures are from 2018. I didn't even know I had them. Actually, I didn't know. I only remember the beam, that I accidentally photographed the beam, but those other pictures, I, do, I don't know, I was cleaning things up on my cell phone and I saw this and like, oh, you missed something. You didn't, you missed it. I didn't know I had these pictures. Uh, I knew about this one because I accidentally photographed it, but I, I guess I didn't quite look through the through the gallery roll of all the photos. I had a lot going on in 2018. I was getting ready to move into a different house in the same neighborhood, just different house. Uh, so I had a lot going on. I didn't look at this stuff that I had these pictures. That's, so there's three consecutive pictures and I guess that's it leaving and that's a that's, those are the poles, light poles. That's what that is, connecting the light poles and that's the house. So it's not the light pole lighting this up. And it's quite dark as you can see. And this is towards 2.51 a.m. as this is leaving. Uh, above the roof line of the house, it finished whatever it was doing and it's leaving on its way out. And that's the heat signature 
of it as it's leaving and you can see the trees these are trees these are clouds you can see even the sky has a heat signature the trees you can see the roof line and this picture see it's it's an original picture nothing nothing has been done to these pictures you can see it's cell phone pictures they're kind of grainy they're original I just looked at them two days ago and I've added this to the catalog of the unusual events that I've had happening in my life that was in 2018 and again it has that orange heat signature it has it bright orange red and then the green spectrum as it powered up lit up it uh, on its way out so that's what it looks like as it's leaving with its heat signature sometimes there's even layers to heat signatures see this this is like you, you only see red pinkish red that doesn't tell you much it's some kind of a cylindrical craft there's something going on here as well as it's leaving and these photos are pretty high up of the sky. I didn't even know I photographed this. I had no clue that he, I even had these photos. But they're very unusual, very weird looking as this thing is leaving. And it has heat signatures. When people are doing studies of UFOs, investigationals of UFOs, like actual cases of studying UFOs, if there's photos, there should be thermal imaging. There's ways of putting photos through thermal imaging where you can actually study the heat signatures and get a better idea of the size of the object. This object is a little bit bigger than what it seems because it has a strong, it has this main system but what I think it's the main craft and the propulsion system here, that's the main craft, and it has an, another energetic signature around it that's green. So it's, it is giving off a lot of energy. It has an output of energy. So these crafts are often in warp bubbles. As they're coming out of hyperspace into normal space, this, is a, this the warp bubble, is a, it is its shielding. That's the shielding space because UFOs have electromagnetic propulsion systems. They have, some of them have crystalline drives. Some of them may have FTL drives if they're human made. If they're extraterrestrial, it's not going to be the same type of engine systems they're they could probably fly beyond the speed of light they're they don't have ftl drives they have other propulsion systems that's purely anti-gravity crystalline and otherwise they're not po powered by fuel it's n not even nuclear fusion they're beyond that so some of these are ours that have been reverse engineered from crash site retrievals of crashed extraterrestrial craft, whether on purpose or shot down with scalar beam weapons. UFOs can be shot down with scalar beam weapons.
An F-22 fighter jet cannot shoot down a UFO like this because this is anti-grav technology. An F-22 cannot shoot this down. It can't because this came out of hyperspace, came out of warp, and it has warp drive capabilities of some sort. It has some kind of electrogravitic propulsion system or even something more advanced than that because it could move around and it moved to my bedroom and it shot some kind of a beam into my bedroom and bathroom and I couldn't sleep after this. I was very agitated. I was very uncomfortable when this particular incident happened and I might have been abducted even. I had the sense of feeling like there was an abduction process going on or an attempt to be abducted somewhere off planet. That's what I was feeling. That's what my senses were going through. And again, this is from 2018 and I live in the same neighborhood and I see weird things going on here. I've stopped photographing these kinds of objects because I have a hundred and something cataloged photos of this and some video. The video doesn't always come out right because Shooting this stuff through a cell phone, you have to have the right type of lens to photograph it and, and shoot it on video properly. You will have better luck taking photos of these things than video. There's certain types of lenses now on smartphones and even little telescopes that you can mount on DSLR cameras or even on your cell phone certain types of adapters where you could capture video footage of these crafts and see them more on a visible spectrum because the new telescope lenses and the new lenses on some smartphones and video cameras they also shoot in thermal imaging or infrared where you can see the details of these things so much better. I can zoom in and I'm just using thermal imaging. I'm using a thermal imaging program from the original pictures and I'm showing you original picture with a bit of a zoomed in, the zoomed in action so you can see the object clearly like this. That's the original picture and that's the thermal imaging. It's the same picture just thermal imaging. You can see what's going on in this craft and around it. You're seeing heat signatures. You're seeing a physical object that was there. That's not a star. That's not a satellite. That's not a helicopter and that's not a plane. It was silent, hovering above my house for several hours. And I think this is the most unique objects that I've ever photographed accidentally. I wasn't even aware of what I was doing. I was in shock from being beamed by whatever came out of whatever light field, whatever beam came out of this craft. I was in shock by it. Honestly, I was in shock. But somehow, subconsciously, I was doing something else and photographing these things without being fully aware of what I was doing. Because when I saw this footage, on my cell phone a few days ago, I'm like, 
I need to add this to my collection because obviously I missed something from a few years ago. I didn't didn't fully collect what I had photographed apparently by accident and this was accidental. This this was not planned. The first picture this so this first picture, yes. Yes, I knew this I did photograph. It's the same object. It's further away. I photographed this because I saw it hovering and I saw it shifting around in the sky. I'm like, oh, okay, we have we have visitors tonight. Um, and usually they just hover, they do whatever they do, and they zoom out and shoot off back into hyperspace. They hang around for a little bit and and blink out. But this one, it stuck around for a couple of hours. So this I did photograph. I was quite aware of what I was photographing, but that's the same object, same image, just a little zoomed in. This, I was not aware of photographing this right away. I blindly photographed this as it was beaming me in my eyes and my face. I, I was aware later that I accidentally photographed this. I had later awareness of it. But, so this later I found out that I had on my cell phone. So I, I've known for a few years about this. But this, nope, that's from two days ago. But when I first, when, when I had this experience with the beam, I was not aware that I photographed it. I found out two weeks later that this was on my phone in 2018. And this is kind of like around March. This was around March 2018. Yeah, that, that was March. This, it is dated when the dates are. This is same same day, March, March third, from twelve thirty one a.m. until two fifty one a.m. on March March third, two thousand eighteen. But this I just found this little goodie I found, and I remember photographing this as uh, when it was first winking in. This image, that's a closer shot of it that I found a few days ago. I'm like, oh, wow. I actually did photograph this thing closer up. This is as close as I could photograph it accidentally. And I have other images of this same object, but even further out. And it was not, not super clear. This is... The clearest photos that I have of this, finding this by accident on my cell phone a few days ago. But I have other images of this uh, that was on my photo roll in the gallery section. I remember I photographed it. This one was much more clearer than all the others and a bit closer apparently. That was also on my cell phone. But again, when you're photographing things all the time like I do, Sometimes you just don't notice these things until it's years later and you're going through your cell phone and you're cleaning it up and here it is. Like, okay, well, let's talk about this. What was it doing above my house? Why was it beaming me? Why was it hovering? 
Why was it stationed there for a few hours? That's the big question. And again, I think it did abduct me and take me off planet and then brought me back. And this beam might have been them beaming me back home. Who knows? I suspect it has to do with off-world stuff going on on Mars and the moon. This, it might be a regular thing, but, you know, as they're returning you, they're beaming you back, potentially, I'm not sure. I suspect this is what that was. They take you, they bring you back, and I'm a very suspicious person. I always have a cell phone by my bed, always, because I know you can be abducted from your bedroom and then brought back. I always prefer a communication tool by my bed in silent mode, of course, but I don't really sleep without being able to call somebody or text. Just the kind of person I am. So for me, having a cell phone in my bedroom is nothing unusual. Photographing something by accident twice and then pu pulling it up almost five, six years later. Interesting. Very interesting going on. What's going on, goings on. Again, this, again, this is regular. This was happening to me on a regular basis. I have many other photos of circular crafts, triangular crafts, TR. 3B, like with the lights, the triangular one. I have that clear as night, shot at night when I was out walking in the woods. Um, that's on a different street. And that was several years earlier than this. The TR-3B crafts, I photographed in 2016, 2017. Yeah, two years two years and a year earlier than this. And then I moved to a different city seven hours away in the mountains, Kelowna. And boy, I photographed even more craft in Kelowna, British Columbia. Surrey, BC, White Rock area in Kelowna, they're notorious for triangular crafts, the black triangles, the circular crafts, the saucer crafts, the silver crafts, sometimes even light ships. And you can go to something called ufostalker.com. It's a reporting website for UFO sightings. They even upload images there sometimes with the description and the dates of when the UFO sightings and the encounters happened. If you go into Surrey, BC, if you go into Kelowna, BC, this is a mecca and a corridor of seeing various UFO crafts, UAPs, both man-made, reverse engineered from Lockheed Martin Skunk Works. Again, Lockheed Martin Skunk Works and other aerospace engineering companies have reverse engineered UFO crafts extraterrestrial, not terrestrial, extraterrestrial crafts that were either shot down, brought down by scalar beam, 
weaponry or they crashed because of other things, sometimes storms, electromagnetic interference, even UFO technology can crash because of that or something happening because of the magnetic stuff out of the planetary system that too can interfere with some UFO craft. Depends on the propulsion system, but Lockheed, Lockheed Skunk Works, they've been reverse engineering these types of crafts for a while, 1950s, even before Skunk Works. Think of Roswell, 1947. Three craft were retrieved from Roswell and they were taken to three different bases, U.S. bases, for study. Among that was Area 51, Carswell Air, Air Force Base as well. So there's a lot going on and we're seeing more UFOs, more sightings being reported by pilots, Air Force pilots, and other pilots who are just bringing people home. Commercial pilots, commercial airspace pilots. People are photographing UFOs. People have been capturing UFOs on video. This is typical. This is usually what you get on photos and video of a typical UFO. That's a good night actually, to have an accident of photographing that stuff. That's a very good night, I would say, because clear as night, clear as day, but at night, um, that's not a drone, that's not a plane, that's not a helicopter, that's not a satellite, that's not a shooting star, that's not a meteorite, that's not an asteroid. That is something that was moving around and hovering around my rental. I was renting a house at this time because Kelowna didn't work out. It was not a great environment to live in. Great for photographing UFOs. If you want to go to photograph UFOs, go to Kelowna. You'll see them on a nightly basis. I guarantee it. You want UFOs? Come here to Surrey, BC. You'll get a lot of sightings and you'll get photos. You'll come back with stuff. Surrey, BC and Kelowna have also been places where people have been abducted. Canada 411, we have this here too, it's not just in the States. We've had hunters go missing, we've had animals go missing as well in the forests. British Columbia has thousands of people going missing all the time without any explanation. Adults, children, kids, animals, and they'll never find them. They disappear without explanation. It's not just in the U.S. Canada has it too. It's quite a phenomenon. So this has been happening to me for quite a while. I've been followed by UFOs. I've had UFOs hovering above my houses, hovering above my work. And that's just my normal life to see that. My mom has seen it as well. She's like, here it is again, hovering in the sky. I'm like, don't pay attention to it. Just, you know, do your regular stuff. The more you give it attention to the phenomenon, 
the more the phenomenon engages with you. They, these crafts, if you form a tele telepathic connection with the craft or the beings on it, they will follow you around. They will connect to you. You can form energetic connections to them, whether they're positive extraterrestrials, whether they're observers and watchers, or they're spying from the man-made crafts, Lockheed Martin, Skunk Works, whether they're human pilots on these craft, off-world black ops programs, military programs, Mars and the Moon, because they make these crafts as well, advanced versions beyond even the TR-3B, and they often spy on people who've had abductions, who've been indoctrinated into these black ops programs and taken as workers, as support staff, to work in these programs. They keep track of those people who've been off-world, whether it's the ETs, whether it's them or us, man-made or truly extraterrestrial, not terrestrial. Many of these crafts exist, many different types, forms. Some of them are cylindrical, some of, their, some of them are cigar-shaped, some of them are triangular-shaped, some of them are pyramid-shaped. I have a photo of a pyramid craft that I photographed in Kelowna. Only time I've ever encountered something like that. I've even had things hovering above my space that looked like Christmas ornaments. Yes, above my house, things that looked like Christmas ornaments. And that's what got photographed. Those were the shapes. These crafts can even change shape and form to show you whatever they want. Some of them are very energetic. They're not nuts and bolts. They're not made from metal. Some of the crafts are light craft. They're not even made from metal. Or they're made from special type of alloys and crystalline technology. So the craft can shape shift, change form, or just change frequency and give you a light show that you never expected. And it could morph into different objects and shapes. And I've seen that happen and I photographed that. It looked like Christmas ornaments. And it lit up the sky. And it starts as a circle that expands and becomes multiple lights and multiple shapes. You know it's the same object, but it's morphed its shape because it has that energetic capacity and it can do it. Again, I've photographed hundreds of these things, different crafts, some light craft, some nuts and bolts. You plainly know it's a TR-3B because it has the lights, it has the shape, it's ours. But some of it is not ours. Some of it is extraterrestrial, doesn't come from Earth. Some of it comes from the Black Ops programs from the Mars and Moon. Some of it comes from Black Ops programs on Earth from underground bases where these crafts have also been mass produced. Not just Lockheed Martin, but other military sites and facilities that have their own black ops programs where they 
create these craft. They have pilots who pilot them, or they're piloted remotely through thought consciousness technology or implants, something like Neuralink implants that are in people's brains. And this is very advanced technology. There's variations of these crafts. This is just one example that I'm showing and sharing of what I recently found on my cell phone that's resurfaced. And why am I sharing something from 2018? What's the relevance? Because people are going to be seeing more of that to come. It's already happening in 2023. It was going on since 2020. These sightings are increasing, whether it's the extraterrestrials that are showing themselves for more disclosure, or it's the militaries flying these things around they're man-made, reverse-engineered. It's both theirs and ours, terrestrial and non-terrestrial advanced spacecrafts. They exist on both sides. Both sides have it. And they've had this technology for a while, since 1947 and even earlier than that. So this is nothing new. It's ongoing phenomenon that we're engaging with. And as technology continues to improve, as computer technology improves, as photographic technology improves and video technology improves cameras, these types of images, videos, and photos are going to become clearer and clearer, better focused. I'm not using any type of new technology, but other people might be, and you might be seeing even better videos and photos of crafts that somebody is photographing and having on video recording of what's happening in the sky. And most of these UFOs are cloaked and they have cloaking shielding technology so we don't even see them. But there's thousands of them in the sky and above, above the Earth orbit. Because extraterrestrials are monitoring human evolution. The Black Ops programs are monitoring us as well. There's a lot going on in the skies and above Earth or orbit, even more above Earth orbit. We're just starting to see this and we'll see even more of it as time goes on. This will keep happening as we get closer and closer to the truth of the reality of what UFOs and UFOs are. The ones that fly in the sky, the ones that can fly underwater and traverse underwater, underground, and in the sky and above Earth orbit. These, fly, these things fly to different planets, different solar systems and galaxies. Some of them are interdimensional, some of them are very much multi-dimensional but they all have these different capabilities some of these crafts can even fly beyond the speed of light if they have crystalline technology inside them and can change energies and frequencies going from solid state crystals can go from solid state they can go to liquid state 
We can go from solid to flow state to liquid state and back to solid state. As you go from normal space to hyperspace, the crystalline frequency shifts in the solid crystal and it goes from solid to flow state to liquid state to solid state again as you come back out of hyperspace and then slow down into normal space and reappear from hyperspace. There are crystalline systems that do that, that are what you would call an engine, but a very different type of an engine. They have that tech in certain types of extraterrestrial UFOs. Even the Black Ops programs are experimenting with this technology. It's not nuts and bolts anymore. It's something, it's exotic precious metals off-world, different elements that are not even on the human periodic table, and crystalline technology being merged with these crafts. The reality is much bigger than it was before. Thank you so much, and Namaste.